So today on Mindset Matters with Fiona, I'm very excited to be sitting in Graham Tom's office. Not just his office, but Graham Tom himself is in front of me. He's a well-known speaker. He has a phenomenal background in firefighting. And Graham, I am staring at your Australian Fire Services Medal. So Graham, welcome. Thank you, Fiona. And can you please just tell me a few of the many positions that you have held over the years? Well, the main position which has carried me all the way through, in fact, the whole of the 41 years that I've had within the, as a career in the fire service, has been as a firefighter. So for the whole time, it's been as an operational firefighter. But as part of being an operational firefighter, when you move through the different ranks, you're provided with a lot of different opportunities. So I've also had the opportunity to act in the positions of Assistant Commissioner for Wellington Regions and also for Community Safety and Risk Management at the state level. I've been the Director of the State Operations Performance Improvement Community Safety. I've been the Brisbane City Fire Commander. On the national level, I've been Chairman of the Australasian Fire Authority Council's Committee for the Built Environment and also Director on the Fire Protection Association of Australia. So you've, been a busy a, boy. Great. you've been a very busy well. boy and you've picked up a host of medals <laughs> along the way as well. Fantastic. Look, I, I'm really interested, as a mindset coach, I'm incredibly interested in fear because it sits behind the reason why so many people don't do things, but sometimes also the reason why they do do things. And I thought, who better to talk to than someone who must have faced fear in so many situations and conquered it time and time again. And as I see it, I think there are really four sorts of fear. The first fear is that fear of actually physically getting hurt or, or perhaps dying. The second is a fear of losing control. And I think a lot of people have that fear in life. Uh, the third is abandonment. I, I think of that one is that sense of belonging and of being rejected. And the final fear that I see in people and is one that I see a lot actually in perfectionists and I'm one myself is a fear of failure. So, Graham, I would love to know, have you faced all those fears as a firefighter? And do any of those in particular resonate with you? I think all of them resonate with me, Fiona. For most firefighters, even with me for 41 years, you are faced with a physical danger. The fire service operates on a high level of risk management, but that doesn't mean to say that uh, you don't put your body on the line once you've made that risk assessment. And that's certainly done on a daily basis by most firefighters. Earlier I was speaking with you about the badge of honour, the Queensland Fire and Emergency Services badge of honour. And right in the centre of that badge of honour is the Maltese Cross. And the Maltese Cross being a cross has four arms. The top arm of that Maltese Cross is actually courage. A subset of courage is bravery. And the bravery relates to the physical aspect of firefighting or being a police officer or an ambulance, etc. So bravery is facing those fears and taking the action that's needed to be taken anyway. You talked about abandonment. Abandonment for firefighters, because we work in teams, because we work in pairs at the very minimum, but then we have the slightly larger teams, normally four to five, and then we work in groups of uh, fire appliances, fire uh, service personnel turning up the larger incidents. But it's always a team organisation. And so therefore, if you are by yourself at any stage in a fire, in a building that's on fire, and you lose the partner that is keeping an eye on you, that's looking after you and you, you're looking after that person as well, 
The sense of abandonment is huge. The fear, therefore, of being abandoned is huge as well because when you are abandoned, it normally only takes two to three minutes for you to die. And if your partner or that team around you isn't keeping you in mind, keeping you in sight, then uh, the fear is real. You mentioned about the fear of failure. Again, for firefighters, because there isn't any out for the actions that you take. In other words, you either succeed or somebody's life is lost or significant injury occurs or the property is damaged and often, if you don't succeed, is damaged beyond repair or recognition. So the fear of failure is always present. When those bells operate, your heart starts racing. It's racing because it's giving you that adrenaline rush, but it's also racing because you have this fear that you may fail, and therefore the expectations are incredibly high. And fear will always be a part of the firefighter's life and the fear of failure. But once you get there and you start doing the things you've been trained to do and taught to do, then the fear leaves you because uh, the failure becomes less and less when you're putting those plans into action that you've been trained to take. And I'd like to, I'd like to talk to you in a minute, actually, about some of the ways that you do cope with fear. But the other one, of course, let's just have a look at control as well, because that's a big fear for a lot of people, is that they will lose control. The more complex the incident, the more uh, opportunity there is, the more likelihood there is that a loss of control can occur. What about of the fire itself? as well because you know have there, have you been in situations where you and your team have actually lost control of the fire and it started to become the master ignis est service non dominus yeah. the fire is the servant not the master when you're faced with fires particularly in bushland settings the fire getting out of control is a real fear because fires by their very nature are unique and individual and so although you can apply certain principles, because they are so individual and fires are so complex, they can get out of control very, very quickly. There are a lot of factors that can make them become out of control very quickly. So yes, um, I've been in fires where I've been fighting the fire with, uh, as a firefighter. In fact, when we thought we had that fire under control, but within seconds the wind had changed, the fire swung around, and we ran, and we literally ran for our lives, got inside the fire engine, slammed the doors closed as the fire swept around us, burned underneath the fire appliance, and then continued past us, thank God. So fear of fire, hell yes. A huge fear for firefighters, and nobody wants to get burned. But going back to the fear of losing control, one of the incidents that I was faced with, I was called to be the incident commander at... Uh, a reasonably large fire in the Gap, going back to about 2006, was a close of business, half past five, six o'clock at night. By the time I got there, um, the fire was out of control. Uh, there were a number of fire appliances, the fire was raging, um, and I had to bring that fire under control fairly quickly. So uh, the, I put into place three sectors for that particular fire, appointed a sector commander for each, and as the fire progressed and as the night progressed, it was difficult to bring the fire under control because in the gap it's large, inaccessible, hilly areas. Wind that night, fire sweeping up through the gullies towards the houses. So within the space of about, it felt like one minute, but it was probably more like ten, I received communications back into my fire command control centre 
saying that he had two firefighters that were down, one significant ambulance required for both of them. As a fire commander, you, you get a horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach. You don't want to lose any of your firefighters. Immediately after receiving that information, the middle sector commander came back to me and said one of the fire appliances in that sector had gone over a cliff, it was stuck halfway down and the fire was coming towards it, send help. A couple of minutes after that, in the right-hand sector, and said they're out of control, send more help. I turned around and looked behind me and there was no more help. At that particular point of time in my firefighting experience, I felt totally out of control. I felt like I did not want to be there, I did not want to be the commander. Um, I just wanted to go home. But, um, huge feeling of loss of control, huge feeling of fear, a fear of failure, a fear of loss of control, a fear of losing the lives of the firefighters, a fear of uh, losing control of the whole fire. And it wasn't a good time at that time. In that moment, you know, where you've got people in ambulances, trucks falling off cliffs, buildings on fire, you know, more buildings on fire, no people left, you know, no more resources left. In that moment, how do you calm yourself down enough to be able to carry on? So it's a really good question. Look, when you've got all of these activities going on, and it's huge, it's complex, it's scary, it's frightening, and your team of people in the command centre are literally looking at you intently, waiting for each of your decisions with each of those types of situations as they're arising. And you're giving your orders, but then once you've dealt with those orders, you then go internal. Now, there's that old saying about, you know, like a swan on the water. It's very calm, cool, it's just gliding along the surface of the water, but underneath those little legs are going like hell. And that's what it's like being the fire commander in that situation. You are staying calm on the outside because that's what you need to do and must do for the maintenance of the command and control of the, of the people around you in the situation. But inside, you're paddling like hell and you're going, Shh, you know, God, I've lost it, you know, um, and I'm losing firefighters. And you have to take a moment and to step back because I literally wanted to go home. I wanted to put the tools down I wanted to take the tabard off and put it on the ground and just say, see you later, folks. I was so, so... I've been there, Graham. Lost. I've been the childbirth. Exactly the same <laughs> thing. I was absolutely ready to walk out. Seriously, yeah, so I, was, I know would have been exactly what you mean. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can't, can you? But you, you can't, can't, and you go, this too will pass, and this is my job, and I will work through mm -hmm. it. So, so you then do that internal fortification thing, and you move on. And that night, uh, nobody ever knew, uh, as far as I know, and I've talked to a number of them afterwards, many years afterwards, and let them know that I was actually shit scared that night. Mm. Um, but not at the time. That wasn't the time to, mm. to show that or to let them know that. And um, that, that phrase, this too shall pass, I love that phrase. In fact, I, I actually have the phrase, this too shall pass, on my wall. There's so many times in life where it's not just for fear, but, you know, sometimes it's just upset or disappointment or, you know, it can be a, a great number of things. And, and just that phrase alone, it just reminds you this is just a small point in time. It's an important point right now, but it is, if you look at your whole time frame of your life, it is just one small part. And I'd like to take you back a little bit to, to when you were more of a rookie firefighter, you know, in the early days. And 
Something that really occurs to me is, of course, you can find yourself in so many situations. You might be in a building, but you might be underneath the ground. You might be in a forest. There's this wide range of different situations that you could be in. And I'm guessing sometimes, you know, may, you may feel situations where you, you're perhaps even trapped. Have you ever been in a situation where you're trapped? And if so, how did you cope with that fear? Uh, again, um, it's that this too shall pass. If only I can keep myself calm long enough. Part of the training for a firefighter is confined space training. And when somebody's got claustrophobia, it can be a condition that people can have and can have all the way through their life or through a whole situation. And this is that fear of being in a confined, confined space. Confined space yeah. and that I will never get out of here and that I'm going to die here in this space. On the other hand, some people have get it in a particular circumstance, a particular incident for a certain period of time and can come through it. Some people can't come through it and I hold nothing against those that can't come through it. But the firefighters, we deliberately put those firefighters into confined spaces. They will have their firefighting equipment on, they will have breathing apparatus on, they will have their masks on, they'll be you know, fully kitted out. And we will put them into places where they will get stuck or where it's dark, um, it's hot, there's smoke all around them, they can't communicate properly or well enough. And then you've got bags falling down around you as well, things hitting you that you're not quite sure about and you're in this very confined tunnel in one of the types of training that we do. I've had claustrophobia and that I've seen other people before me getting the claustrophobia, I have seen other firefighters get it. And it's not a pretty sight, particularly not in a confined space because literally they will crawl through all of the humans in front of them to get to the other side. They will not care about hurting anybody else. They just want to get out of that confined space. So they will literally rip and tear you apart to get past you if they think that's where their safe place is. And we have the setup so that when that does occur, and as I said, has occurred, does occur, we have these safety mechanisms to allow people to get out of that. But when you're in that circumstance, as I have been once, where you actually are trapped, the fear coming upon you is enormous. It's like this huge black cloud that just comes and surrounds you, pushes you and pressures you. And you do want to scream, you do want to burst out, you do want to just get somewhere safe really, really quickly. And when that did happen to me, I did have to go back and put that training back into place. And that was to calm, take a deep breath, start to calm your breathing down, slow your breathing down, start to slow your mind down and sit quietly. Don't move. Even if people are trying to climb over the top of you, which in a team situation, when you're in a dangerous situation, the rest of the team don't know what's going on all the time, so they will be trying to push you along or push you out of the way. And if you bow to that, it becomes part of your pressure and your fear. So you still have to make sure that you bring your self-control back under control again before you then can control the situation around you. And, of course, there's analogies in the mm. corporate world and, and business yeah. and a lot of other areas as well but yeah, once that fear starts to hit if you don't bring it under control um, it can it can take you to the depths of 
despair and death. And I'm glad you brought up breathing because when I'm working with people who experience things like anxiety or it might be, for example, just over giving a public presentation, you know, I do talk to them about breath, taking a deep breath and putting yourself into almost a meditative state and I think calm begets calm as well did you find that if you manage to center yourself to connecting with your body connecting with your breath and calm yourself down that other people picked that up from you because I know people pick up fear and I suspect they pick up calm too was that your experience absolutely yes yes and that's I mean that's a large part of what being a fire commander is about as well but you also want all of your firefighters and a team to be calm because um, if they start to get not quite so calm, uh, if the fear starts to take a hold of them, it can spread through a team or a group of teams through an organisation fairly quickly. And that's both at an incident, emergency incident, but also in, in general organisational corporate life as well. If there is fear, it can spread, and with fear then comes all sorts of errors. And so maintaining um, the calm, keeping the fear away, controlling the fear if it does come, does become critical. I, I, I'd like to say something here, Fiona, about two of the great quotes, if I'm quoting them correctly. The first one is Delano Roosevelt, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. It's the famous saying, but it is such a true statement. When he was talking about the Great Depression, he made that, that famous statement on the radio, talking to the American people, trying to keep them calm, trying to take away the fear of the Depression and the consequences of what were going on with depression at that time. And he simply said, we have nothing to fear except fear itself. And I, I listened to that phrase for many years afterwards. Yeah, I love that phrase. It's a great mm. phrase. But then I was watching the movie with Will Smith. Mm. I can't remember the name of it, but he had his son playing a part in that movie. And they were sitting there and they were in danger and they didn't know what the future held. And Will Smith said to his son, Son, fear is all about the future, and it hasn't happened yet. Which is true, isn't it? All those types of fears we spoke Anger about. Anger is about the past, about the but fear mm. is about the future. Yeah. And it is. It is. You fear things that will happen, that might happen, and might not happen in the future. Yeah. And you've got no control over it. Now, that's different between danger and fear. You should absolutely recognise danger and give it its due worth, give it its warrant, mm. but not fear, because mm. fear is about the future and you don't know what's in the future. Nobody knows what's in the future. So there's no point in even worrying about it. It's really interesting, actually, when you look at where fear comes from. It's, it's a very simple mechanism. And if you take you know, the brain, let's take the most complex thing in the whole universe, the human brain. And if we break down to something incredibly basic and we just think, right, you know, break it into two parts, front of the brain, back of the brain. And if we look at that back part of the brain and we'll call it the reptilian brain, that has one purpose. It has one job to do. That's it. One job. And its sole job is to keep you alive. That's it, nothing more, to keep you alive. So if you did something yesterday and it didn't kill you, your hindbrain's happy. It goes, well, that's safe. I did it yesterday. It didn't kill me. So I'll do it again. It's non-discriminatory. So that thing you did yesterday might not be very healthy. It could have been, you know, smoking, for example, but your brain went, well, I smoked yesterday. Didn't kill me. I'm going to do it again today. And something that your brain has never done before, it goes, oh, that's unfamiliar. Therefore, it might kill me. 
And that's exactly that future thinking that you're talking about. You haven't experienced it. The stuff from the past was safe, but the stuff in the future is unknown. Mm. And, you know, that had a very practical purpose for us when we were going out of our caves or whatever, and there could have been all sorts of animals attacking us and something unfamiliar certainly probably was a danger. But nowadays, of course, we're hit by new things all the time that are not an actual danger to us. And so it is, it's learning to bypass that automatic instinct that your brain has of keeping you alive. Mm. And that's that's the key, is learning how to do that. And there are te- techniques and tools and strategies to do that. Um, and yeah, and I know that's a whole field that you're involved in, Fiona. So you know, absolutely love the stuff that you're doing in that area. Thanks, Graeme. It is. And in fact, I'm putting together a little booklet crammed full of great information, including the four categories of fear that we've touched on today. The three easy to spot clues that fear is holding you back, perhaps even in your day to day life. And it has five essential, simple, yet highly effective strategies that anyone can use to fight fear and stop it in its tracks when it does start to raise its head. So if you're listening and you'd like to learn how to fight fear like a firefighter, please email me for your free copy, fiona at thesmartestpath.com.au. And you are an advocate and a master of applying strategies, tools and techniques, Graham. That one that I was talking about before when uh, the claustrophobia was starting to overcome me, that was my ability to get out of that was based on the strategies, tools and techniques that I had learned and then was able to apply. So it's, it's both those things. It's learning something and applying something. One without the other doesn't is not wise. It's not what we would say is wisdom. Absolutely. Fantastic. Look, thank you very much, Graham. If, uh, if people are interested in learning more, of course, I've got a YouTube channel, which is Fiona J. Spence, on which we have lots of little videos about these things. And Graham, where can people find out about you and get in touch with you and learn more about what you do? Well, the business is uh, GT and Associates, and a range of other um, foreign emergency services people that work with me. And that's actually a speaking bureau, isn't it? You have a, a whole host of professional speakers from both fire and emergency services that you basically send out to presentations. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's, a, it's a bureau. It's an international fire and emergency services bureau, which also includes military and also medical as doctors and nurses, um, the people in the front line with COVID-19 at the moment. So, so if somebody wanted a speaker on any of, those, any of those topics... What website would they go to or how would they contact you? Initially, just come to my website, which is uh, gtspeaks.com.au, and then we can work it out from there. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Corey. Thank you, Fiona.